All right, everybody. Um, no commercial, no advertisement or anything for this episode. We're just going to um, have all of my different reactions to the first round picks. And uh, we'll see how close or how not close I was at the end of it. I'll go back through that mock draft that we did on the sports episode this past Monday. But I'm uh, glad you guys are here. Glad you guys took the time out of your Friday to listen to this. If you watched the draft um, or if you missed it and you just want to know who got picked and selected where. Um, but this will be what that episode is. This episode is all for. Um, follow us on Twitter at COAPod73, at Jimmy Pilato. Instagram, I'm at Proud underscore WAP. And if you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please uh, rate and review. That way we can start getting the word out on this podcast a little bit better. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. And now we're getting into Center of Attention Sports draft coverage. Okay, guys, really quick. Um, I'm feeling like I should do what I predict should happen or what I think the team is thinking of before the pick happens. So I'll start that now. Um at this point, it's 6.02, and I'm watching the intro to this year's draft. I'm, if you guys can hear it through the microphone or not, I'm not sure. But Cincinnati with the number one pick, a lot of people have been saying that they were looking to get rid of it. Um, maybe draft Chase Young anyways because he's just that much of a playmaker. I always either wanted them to pick uh, – I think they need to pick a generational guy or a guy that's going to be able to play – for 10 to 15 years at a high level at this point in the draft. You're not going to get the number one pick often. I mean, the Bengals are a little bit of an exception. Back in the 90s, they had a lot of number one picks, but now they don't really. Uh, everybody says that it's almost a lock that Burrow's going to go there. I have no problem with that. I think that'll be a good thing. Um, <clears throat> but we'll see. Anything can happen. Nobody, well, at least I wasn't expecting Kyler Murray to go number one last year. And uh, the Cardinals swerved and shocked everybody. So uh, I'll be back after the Bengals' first pick with my analysis of what they did. All right, guys. The first pick is now in. Haven't announced it yet. They're uh, playing a blurb from Joe Burrow's Heisman speech. <clears throat> I believe it's going to be when he was talking about making sure that every kid has has enough meals and, and making sure that the uh, lower-level neighborhoods in Ohio kind of pick themselves up and everybody can try and work towards that so I not only is is he just a great person and especially in times like this where we're dealing with a national crisis I think that he would be a, a great representative for any franchise I think that he just legitimately cares he's one of those he's a top flight person as well as a top flight quarterback um, and I, I hope the Bengals pick him We'll take a little bit of a break, and I'll try and catch when he's announced, um, just in case you guys can't hear through the microphone. Maybe I'll turn the TV up a little bit, uh, but that's that's what's going on so far. Okay, here we go. With the first pick in the 2020 draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow, quarterback, LSU. And there you have it. If you were able to hear it, you know Joe Burrow is leaving the Bayou Bengals of LSU and now traveling, I believe, south for him, uh, basically northern Kentucky into Cincinnati, Ohio. Great pick. Um, they finally did something where everybody was telling them if they picked this player, 
they will be better than they have been in, in the past however many years that they've been struggling. So they finally did listen. And I think that's a big thing that Zach Taylor has brought to that facility. Hopefully he can continue to try and push around the upper management. I think that's been their biggest problem is uh, Paul Brown's son, Mike Brown, not necessarily putting all the resources into the scouting and development of players and kind of just focusing on making sure that he maintained power. I think now he's willing and in a place to make sure that everybody has a say in how well the team does and what can make the team better. So great pick, Joe Burrow, number one overall. You guys will now see me rocking a number nine Cincinnati Bengals jersey for the first time since Carson Palmer. But uh, super glad that they got that pick. And that was also who I predicted would go number one in the mock draft. So one for one right now. Let's see if that continues with the Redskins coming up for number two. All right, Washington has their pick in. A lot of people are saying Chase Young. We'll see. Washington at number two picks Chase Young. I think that's kind of cool, actually. Um, they just said that um, Chase Young is a, a Maryland native. Maryland, normally, they're close enough to Washington, D.C. that if you meet somebody from Maryland, they're normally... Um, especially if they're a little bit older. They're normally Redskins fans before Baltimore moved into Maryland. And uh, I'm not sure if this has ever happened where the first two overall picks were basically drafted to their hometown teams. Uh, Joe Burrow, I think, is two hours north of Cincinnati, and he he's actually 50. They're, they're saying now, uh, Chase Young is 55 miles from the Redskins training facility and 10.3 miles from FedEx Field. Um, this is a really good pick. I think that whoever picked Chase Young, that's what that's what was going to be the consensus is that they picked exactly who they should have. Um, we'll see if he's the kind of generational defensive talent that can take over a game and, and make a team who hasn't had much success in the past few years start playing with a little bit more success. Um, it's just difficult to do that from the defensive side of the ball, but he is a defensive and athletic and strength-wise freak. You guys heard me on Sunday's episode. He scares the crap out of me as a former offensive lineman. If I had to line up and block him, even if it wasn't every single play, he would be very, very difficult to go up against. Um, and everybody said that he was better than Nick and Joey Bosa, so we'll see if that comes to fruition. I think the Redskins got a really good pick. Number three pick is in the Detroit Lions. A lot of people were saying that either the Lions at three or the Giants at four were going to look to trade back. The Lions look like they didn't do so. Um, in the mock draft, the computer selected Jeff Okuda, which I thought was a pretty good pick because the Lions already have a really good cornerback on one side with Darius Slay. Matt Patricia is a defensive mastermind. And then picking up probably what a lot of people say is the top cornerback in the draft of Jeff Okuda from Ohio State. Um, we'll see if this holds true. Right now I'm two for two, which is better than I ever did doing mock drafts before. All right, there it is. At number three, the Lions select Jeff Okuda, cornerback from Ohio State. Like I said, this is uh, 
in the mock draft, this is where the Lions went. I think that this is a good pickup. Should draft guys that your coach should be good at developing. Um, and I think that he's going to be one. The cornerbacks from Ohio State the last few years have been very good transitioning. Denzel Ward, two years ago for the Browns, fourth pick overall. Everybody chastised the Browns saying that they they missed in that draft, taking Baker and then not taking, uh, honestly can't remember who the other defensive lineman was. But he, uh, I think this is a good pick for the Lions. And with a team that was doing pretty well until their quarterback got hurt, now they have a better defense so that they won't have to rely on outscoring people like they have been in the last few years. Uh, right now, Giants are on the clock. New York Giants, number four pick overall. On Sunday, I had them taking Derek Brown, defensive lineman from Auburn. A lot of what I've heard is that they might try, try and trade out. Um, so we'll see what happens with them. And uh, I'll get you guys their pick coming up here in a second. All right, number four pick overall, the New York Giants. In the 2020 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Andrew Thomas, tackle, Georgia. Not a surprise that it's an offensive lineman, but perhaps... Well, if you heard Trey Wingo there on the ESPN broadcast, they say that's not a surprise. I'm a little bit surprised by it. I didn't think that any of the offensive linemen were top five material, but um, I guess Gettleman, who's the general manager of the New York Giants, has some affinity for the big guys. And if they're going to continue to go with Daniel Jones, who's a young quarterback, they have Saquon Barkley, who can change a game, but he does need some help around him. Uh, maybe this is the best pick for them. Uh, Andrew Thomas, the Georgia offensive linemen that have come into the league for the past few years, are really good. I think playing under Kirby Smart is an advantage for them moving forward into the NFL. Um being in the NFC East, now he's going to have to go up against really good pass rushers uh, every time that he plays the Redskins because they just picked up Chase Young. They already had Montez Sweat from last year. It, if it works out, it works out. Um, I'm just a little bit surprised that they went with an offensive tackle when you have Isaiah Simmons, who is very close to, I think, being the number one defensive player in the draft, still on the board. But this is the way that they wanted to go. So they must know something that we don't. Uh, the Dolphins right now have the number five pick. They're on the clock. And I'll come back when they have their pick in. Number five overall pick, the Dolphins. With the fifth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Tua Tungavalawa, quarterback, Alabama. Well, there it is, which means All right, the Dolphins go Tua which if you remember from the last, last sun, Monday's episode, computer picked Herbert over Tua. Um, I didn't agree with that. I don't think that Herbert is worth a top five pick with the way that he played last season. He had moments, but in the bigger games, he kind of crumbled. Tua, everybody was worried about the injuries, especially now not being able to have physicals in person. Um but the Dolphins, uh, they were talking about it before they mentioned the pick. They were the ones who originally passed on Drew Brees when he was looking to move on from the San Diego Chargers at the time. And uh, 
They possibly didn't want a similar situation to happen when they passed on Drew Brees, and then he goes on and wins a Super Bowl and sets a whole bunch of NFL records and franchise records for the team that he plays for. So I think this is kind of making up for that. And if Tua can – they said it on the broadcast. If he can get his mind and eyes a little bit quicker, he won't be in as much danger because he won't have the ball in his hands as much. So with a smaller guy like that, a guy who has injury history, even though he has all the talent in the world, he's left-handed, not many people, not many left-handed quarterbacks have been that successful in the NFL. I mean, going back on the history of this, you basically have Jim Zorn was the first and then Steve Young, and that's about it with the talented, really talented left-handed quarterbacks. We'll see what happens. Um, but I, I like this pick for the Dolphins a lot better than I would have liked Herbert, and they still have two more picks in this first round. Uh, right now we're waiting for the Chargers pick at number five. Uh, maybe they go Herbert, and the mock draft just ends up flip flopping the fifth and sixth pick. But uh, we're, we'll get there when the Chargers put in their pick. Number six pick, Chargers are in. With the sixth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Chargers select Justin Herbert, quarterback, Oregon. Honestly. That was one of the more easy picks to see coming. With Tua going before, um, there really wasn't another player that I could have seen the Chargers taking, especially losing their guy for the last better part of two decades in Phillip Rivers. This is a very safe pick, and it's similar with the Baker Mayfield pick to the Browns a couple years ago. Um, he has Tyrod Taylor to sit behind, possibly. He doesn't have to come in and start right away. Uh, this is good for the franchise of the Los Angeles Chargers as a whole, who have been struggling since they moved from San Diego, uh, getting anybody to come to their games. Basically, they've been playing 16 road games for the past two years. Now they're going to open up that stadium. They have a player for the fans to come watch. And at that point, that's all you can hope for as a Los Angeles Chargers fan. And, and maybe he'll work out with them. Maybe he gets the clutch gene a little bit better in the pros. But after his last season, I really soured on Justin Herbert. Last year, I thought he was the best quarterback that could have been available in the draft. He decided to come back and didn't accomplish a single thing that he set out to. Um, so that's, that's where I stand on the Herbert pick. But I think it was fine for the Chargers. I think that they either needed to get Herbert or maybe Jordan Love, if they liked him that much, the quarterback from Utah State who's been flying up everybody else's draft boards. But now we're waiting for the seventh pick, the Carolina Panthers. Um, I have them taking Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is still there. And overall, I think Isaiah Simmons is the top two of just pure talent in this draft with him and Chase Young. And you can debate all, all day who's one and who's two. So we'll see what the Panthers do with their new regime in the coaching staff. Find out from Seventh overall pick, himself. Carolina. Come on, guys. Come on, Panther fans. With the seventh pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, Carolina Panthers select Derek Brown, defensive tackle, Auburn. Oh, boy. Well, there you see Derek Brown. His team called him Baby Barack. That I don't understand at all. Um, are, wow. The Panthers 
Matt Rule started off his coaching tenure terribly. That is the absolute wrong pick at this point in the draft. If you're going to go defense, pick the second best, possibly maybe even the best defensive player. Isaiah Simmons. This kid, as good as he may be, is not Isaiah Simmons. He's not going to be a – he's not a – surefire hall of famer isaiah simmons is a surefire hall of famer he was the best player on one of the best defenses in college football for the past three years in clemson carolina it seems like they're just trying to be mediocre at this point if you're a carolina panthers fan i apologize but this is the absolute wrong pick he they should have gone with isaiah simmons they would have been a lot better off if they had um Wow, that's the first pick that I, I really don't agree with at all. Now we're waiting for the eighth overall pick, the Cardinals. I had them selecting Andrew Andrew Thomas, uh, offensive tackle from Georgia. He's obviously off the board. I still see them going offensive tackle. Uh, Jedrick Willis is still on the board from Alabama, and Makai Lewis, who surprised everybody with how athletic he was at the draft, and, and or not the draft, the combine, and uh, if you know anything about him, he's 6'7", 367, and ran a 5'1", 140. I could see both those guys fitting well into Cliff Kingsbury's style of offense, and they need offensive linemen to protect their number one overall pick from a season ago, Kyler Murray. So let's see what the Cardinals do when they get their pick in. All right, eighth pick overall, Arizona Cardinals. With the eighth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Isaiah Simmons. Linebacker Clemson. Well, it is hard to fault anybody picking Isaiah. I think if you just with everything that happened, if you have a guy like Isaiah Simmons fall to you at number eight when you weren't expecting him to be anywhere near available at that point in the draft, you kind of got to draft him. And, and they were their offense really wasn't their problem last year. Their defense was around the bottom of the league in efficiency. We talked about that on Monday's episode. This kid, of anybody who is in this year's draft, though I want Joe Burrow to be a Hall of Famer, I think Chase Young has the talent and the ability to be a Hall of Famer, if, depending on how he works out in the NFL. I would put my life savings on Isaiah Simmons being a Hall of Fame player. He's the fastest player on the field wherever he's at. He can play defensive back at safety. He could go out and play cornerback. He can play linebacker, and he can rush the passer. He's fast enough that he can get to the quarterback from a 4-3 linebacker position. Now you have him, Isaiah Simmons, and Chandler Jones on the same defense. Arizona has a good one in Isaiah Simmons. Jacksonville Jaguars, number nine pick overall. With the ninth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, Jacksonville Jaguars select C.J. Henderson, defensive back, Florida. Well, there you see Honestly, this is probably a better pick than what the computer did in the mock draft on Monday's episode. They lost both of their top. Uh, Jacksonville lost both of their top corners um, last year. A trade with Jalen Ramsey and the Rams. And then uh, in the offseason, A.J. Bouye to the Broncos. This gives them a little bit more of a – I don't know if he's going to be as good necessarily as Jalen Ramsey, but I don't think that picking anywhere else would have been beneficial for them either. They do need weapons for Gardner Minshew, but with as deep as the receiver class is this season, 
Um, I think that this is a good pick for Jacksonville. I don't disagree with any of the picks so far, except for the Carolina Panthers. I think the Panthers are going to be regretting that for a long time. The only thing that would have made it better is if Isaiah Simmons went somewhere else in that division, and then they would have been tormented by him twice a year for however many years it takes him to play and earn a Hall of Fame spot. I think Isaiah Simmons is a true ballot Hall of Famer, and he hasn't even taken a snap in the NFL. That's how good he is. That's how much I think Matt Rule and everybody else at the Panthers screwed up. A lot of people are telling me I'm wrong. I don't think – I'm not saying that their pick, Derek Brown, isn't a good player. He's obviously one of the top players in college football last season at interior defensive line, and that's my problem is that he's only an interior defensive lineman. You can still – there's so many offensive schemes that can nullify anything that he does. Isaiah Simmons, you can't scheme against him because he can line up at safety one play, cornerback the next, linebacker inside the box, or come down and rush the line as well. So far, that's that's really the only pick that I have a problem with. And I'm going to continue to say it because that's how big of a problem it is. If you want... If you're a Carolina Panthers fan, you should agree with me. I'm not saying that you're not going to get a good player in Derrick Brown, but you're not getting a transcendent player like Isaiah Simmons. Hello, NFL fans, and a special shout-out to Browns Nation. I am so excited Browns, to introduce number the 10 overall. draft pick for my hometown, Cleveland Browns. The wait is finally over. Thank you to the NFL for your support of St. Jude. While my journey with cancer has been hard, I cannot say enough about St. Jude. The doctors and staff are amazing, and they have taken such good care of me. And now back to you for the Browns pick. Go Browns! Good. Come back down. Thank you, Fletcher. We are so happy to see that you're home and doing well. We're, proud, we're very proud to support you and St. Jude in the fight and childhood cancer. And we're all in your corner, Fletcher. Go get them. So I have the Browns pick. With the 10th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Kendrick Wills, tackle Alabama. I hope you like it, Fletcher. Another really good pick for a team that knew what needed what need they needed to have filled, and then they filled it. Jedrick Willis, if you talk to specific people in the draft scouting world, they would tell you that Jedrick Willis was the top offensive tackle in this entire draft. From Alabama, um, Alabama produces really good offensive linemen normally, and I had them taking Makai Becton, the computer pick Makai Becton, only because Andrew Thomas and Jedrick Willis uh, or not, Jedrick Willis wasn't off the board, but Andrew Thomas was. I thought Andrew Thomas was the top tackle. I'm not too familiar with Jedrick Willis. I mean, I watched a lot of Alabama games, but I wasn't too impressed with them as a team this year, so I wasn't paying attention to them all that much. I think this is good for the Browns because they needed to bolster that offensive line, and now it's just up to running the right scheme. Can't run Freddie Kitchens three wides all the time. You don't have the offensive line to do that. He helps a little bit, but I still say you don't have the offensive line to go three wides no matter what. So he could be a road grader in the run game, and he can also shut down that side of the line in the pass. So I think this is a good pick for the Browns. Hopefully they turn stuff around, and their new coach will be a little bit better than what they had last season. Now 
waiting on the number 11 pick. Uh, I know my brother's Dom is really excited for this one because this is his team and we'll see what they do at number 11. All right, Ten, 11th overall pick, New York Jets. The New York Jets like Makai Becton, tackle Louisville. Wow. So the run on receivers is going to have to wait, but Makai Interesting pick. I'm not going to lie, I think the Jets have are one of those teams, like I've mentioned before, that they have enough holes. Um, they have enough holes that any pick that they made would have been fine. I think Makai Becton is good for them just because he, he could be an anchor on the offensive line. It's up in the air as to if he will or not, but this is going to be uh, a good thing for the Jets moving forward, I think. If they can start protecting Darnold a little bit better, maybe open up some more lanes for guys like Le'Veon Bell. If he comes back and actually plays an entire season, this could be good for them. Uh, 6'7 and 3 eighths and 364 pounds. He's just a big person. I mean, at the very least, it's going to take three days to run around him to get to Sam Darnold. So hopefully that makes the Jets a little bit better. Now on the clock at number 12, Las Vegas Raiders, and we'll see what they do. Here we go, 11th pick, 12th pick, excuse me, in the draft, Las Vegas Raiders. There are many first evers that are part of this draft, including the first ever official draft selection by the Las Vegas Raiders. And I've got it right here. So with the 12th pick of the 2020 NFL draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select Henry Ruggs, wide receiver, Alabama. Congratulations, Raiders. Oh, that pick makes Al Davis and his the ghost of Al Davis super happy. If you know anything about the way Al Davis drafted people, he just wanted the fastest guys that he could ever have. And Henry Ruggs ran a 4.27 at the combine. He's quick. He's very fast. I don't think he's the best receiver. I don't think he should have been the first receiver picked. C.D. Lamb would have helped out the Raiders a lot more. I think... Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs' college teammate, would have helped out the Raiders a lot quicker. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens now. I think that this this is another one of those picks where I I think that they picked not the most talented guy at that position. They needed receivers, especially after the circus with Antonio Clown. And this time, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But... Don't have high hopes for this pick. Right now, San Francisco on the clock at number 13, and we'll see where they go after coming off a season last year where they lost the Super Bowl in the final quarter. New uh, new thing happening now. I can't, for whatever reason, I couldn't come up with the word. Uh, new information, I guess. Tampa Bay has traded with San Francisco, so now Tampa Bay will pick at 13 and number 14, um, which would be interesting to see what happens. Uh, they they had a huge turnaround over this past week. Everybody knows that they got Brady from New England. They also got Gronk from New England, so this is going to be interesting where they go now. And currently deployed to IED Air Base, Qatar. We are proud to represent Tampa Bay and our home team, the Buccaneers. Now back to you, Commissioner Goodell. Go Bucks. Wanted to get that in there before the pick. I think that's pretty special. 
I love when the military gets involved with the draft. Now here's the Tampa Bay selection at number 13. For your courage and sacrifice on behalf of our country. The San Francisco 49ers have traded the 13th pick to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the 13th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Tristan Wirfs, tackle Iowa. I think that's their best pick that they could have had at 13. I think that's why they um, traded with San Francisco because they were nervous that maybe he would have um, gone to San Francisco. San Francisco might have needed him to maybe replace Joe Staley, who's an aging offensive tackle. Um, I really like Tristan Wirfs. I thought, if you ask me, I thought he was my number one offensive lineman. I love the way Iowa offensive linemen play. He's nasty, just like that. Athletic, he proved that at the draft. And he also has been able to play on the right side and the left side, which you don't see a lot. And uh, Lewis Riddick, who's one of the analysts for ESPN on the draft, he said that he's not only does he do it within the season, he's also been able to do it within games, which is difficult when you're playing at such a high level in the Big Ten. Um, and that's really impressive. Also, he was a state champion wrestler and a state champion um, shot put thrower in high school. Can hang clean 455, 450 pounds by four, which is very, very impressive. Um, I think that's a really good pick for Tampa Bay. They have some more insurance to protect Tom Brady. And I think that that was a good pick for Tampa Bay, especially where they were when not necessarily everything is guaranteed when you're picking from, I'd say, about 12 on. First 12 picks are normally guys that you know are going to be good in the NFL. After that, it's a little bit more of a guessing game. So I think that's good. Right now, San Francisco's on the clock at 14. I thought that they didn't just swap picks. I thought that they traded. Um, and Tampa Bay would have been having 13 and 14, but right now we have San Francisco on the clock, about five minutes left on the clock at number 14, and we'll see what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch decide to do to hopefully get back to the Super Bowl at some point. San Francisco's pick is in. Where is San Francisco going? With the 14th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select Devon Kinlaw, <laughs> defensive tackle, South Carolina. Interesting. Um, I thought last year would have been the last time that the 49ers picked a defensive lineman in the first round, but it's... Uh, I mean, it's a, they really didn't need any help anywhere. They could have used some depth at offensive line, I think. Like I said, Joe Staley's getting a little bit older, um, and he's been a leader on that offensive line for a while. If you drafted an offensive lineman and have him learn from Joe Staley, that could have been beneficial. Javon Kinlaw just adds to their nasty, nasty pass rush that now they could have Nick Bosa, who's the Defensive Rookie of the Year last year. Solomon Thomas, who three years ago now was a first-round pick. Javon Kinlaw, who's their pick from this past year. They have DeForest Buckner. The only one that they lost was Arik Armstead, and Javon Kinlaw could 
replace Ark Armstead. Now the Broncos are on the clock. I know my family is super excited for this pick. I have a bad feeling Elway's going to blow it because the top receivers are still on the board. I don't think the Broncos picking a receiver at 15 is a good strategy. If anything, right now, they should trade back and try and get an offensive lineman at a better value pick, maybe in the 20s or closer to the end of the first round. They could do a very similar thing to last year, and I think that would be their best plan of attack. Um, but we'll see when their pick is in, what where they go. All right, Broncos pick is in. They didn't trade down. Let's see how badly Elway screwed this up. For my family that are Broncos fans, I'm you guys know that I don't necessarily hate the Broncos. I'm a Bengals fan through and through, but I do like to see the Broncos do well. And this is, I'm not saying Jerry Judy's a bad player. I think that he's going to be successful at the next level, but this is not as good of a pick as they could have. If I was Fangio, I'd be driving over to Elway's house now, COVID or not COVID, and just kicking the ever-loving crap out of him because he did exactly what they shouldn't have done they needed a lot of help other places this is the worst pick that they could have made it doesn't matter not jerry judy could have picked any wide receiver at this place which is where they thought they which is where a lot of people thought they were going to do they could have picked any receiver at this position and it would have been the worst pick that they could have made and they ended up doing that hopefully elway is out after this um, Atlanta is on the clock now at 16 and I'll let you guys know when they come back where they go a lot of different places that they can I can start feeling maybe a little bit of a wide receiver run but if you're talking talent Atlanta's offense is stacked now all first round picks so I'd be very surprised if they go anything other than defense Atlanta at number 16 here we go the Atlanta Falcons select A.J. Terrell, defensive back, Clemson. Well, there you see A.J. Terrell. An interesting pick. Um, Clemson's defense has been really good, and Clemson's secondary has been very good. So I think he'll be solid. And at 16, that's really all you can hope for is a solid pick. They needed defense with the amount of free agent moves that they made on offense to try and keep some sort of balance. So um, I think Dan Quinn and the Falcons got this one about as right as they could have. Um, not Nowhere near as, as bad as the Broncos pick um, or the Panthers tr passing on Isaiah Simmons. So I, I think that this will be good for the Falcons moving forward. And now we'll just wait and see what Dallas does for the first time that they're drafting without – uh, Jason Garrett for a long time at number 17. Cowboys at number 17. With the 17th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Dallas Cowboys select T.D. Lamb, wide receiver, Oklahoma. Well, Dak Prescott just Interesting. Um, I wasn't expecting this. I didn't think that the Cowboys would go receiver, um, especially after they spent so much money re-signing Amari Cooper, and then they also have Michael Gallup, who's proven to be pretty good. I think this was just a case of the fact that C.D. Lamb was the best overall player left on the board, 
And when you have a, a new coach and you have a quarterback that you're still depending on whether or not you're going to pay him, it's kind of a, an interesting pick. They needed a little bit more help on the offensive side last year. Uh, Mari Cooper disappeared in a lot of the big games. So C.D. Lamb, for the first few years, I think will be good in the slot. Maybe they put him as the X or Z opposite of Cooper and then have Gallup move to the slot because he's a little bit bigger. But C.D. Lamb, throughout his entire college career, granted he did catch passes from two former Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks and one that was in the finals for the Heisman Trophy. But even without that, I think C.D. Lamb would be in my opinion, the best receiver in this draft. But uh, I think that's a pretty good steal for the Cowboys at 17, honestly. Here's Miami, their second first-round pick at 18. With the 18th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Austin Jackson, tackle, USC. You know what just happened? Roger Goodell tipped the pick. Okay. I'm not mad at this pick for the Dolphins. I think when you have three first-round picks, um, you are, you're, you have a lot of responsibility on the draft itself. What I said on Sunday when the computer had them pick Herbert and then at 18 they pick Wirfs, who's the offensive lineman, and then when they pick again at 25, they went receiver. I think that that would be a good strategy for the Dolphins to follow because nobody really has this opportunity very often. Um, if you're trying to rebuild something, you drafted your quarterback of the future, you drafted an offensive lineman who, while he's not the best he is still a top five offensive lineman in the draft i think that the broncos could have possibly done well by picking him instead of the receiver that they did jerry judy but for the dolphins that's not a terrible pick um hopefully he develops as an offensive lineman pac-12 offensive linemen are always a little bit up in the air and then i'm interested to see what they do now at 26 with their final pick of the first round now 19 Las Vegas has their second pick of the first round and we'll see what they do after picking Henry Ruggs uh, number 12 overall all right the Raiders pick at number 19 is in excuse me in Vegas this year and we thank so many for the effort they put forth to prepare that possibility and we think you deserve another shot so we're happy here to announce that tonight the Las Vegas Raiders will host the 2020 NFL Draft. Congratulations to Mark Davis, the Raiders organization, and Raiders Nation. We look forward to being there in Las Vegas, and congratulations. And now, with the 19th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select Damon Arnett, defensive back, Ohio State. Hmm. All right, first of all, congratulations Interesting for the Raiders to go with another guy who's not necessarily the best player available at his position. 
Um, but if you want to talk about DBU, and I know everybody talks about LSU and how they're producing the best defensive backs, they have a point with Tyron Matthew, Patrick Peterson, um, a lot of other guys came out of there, but Ohio State, they said it after Jeff Okuda was drafted, was the seventh cornerback from Ohio State to be taken in the first round, and he makes number eight. And it's not a bad thing for the Raiders to try and bolster a little bit of their defense. Um, the AFC West, so far, I think is turning into the new AFC East, how everybody in that division was chasing the Patriots with Brady and trying to do the same things as them and, and not being able to keep up. I think the best way to combat somebody who is that good and the Kansas City Chiefs are that good in the AFC West division with Patrick Mahomes, you kind of got to bolster ways to try and stop them. I don't think you can chase them and hope to get as good as they are on the offensive side of the ball, but you can bolster your defense and maybe be able to keep the games a little bit closer. So that's that's my two cents on that. Um, not too ecstatic with the AFC West picks overall. Now Jacksonville once again on the clock at number 20, and we'll see what they do with their second pick of the first round. All right, I missed the Jaguars' second pick at number 20. They play. They picked uh, Clavon Chase on, a linebacker from LSU. Um, I think he's a, a good player. He's one of those guys. Everybody was talking about how LSU's offense was outperforming their defense. He's one of the guys that when he was able to come back from injury, he helped the defense really take that extra step forward. And I think he's a big reason as to why he is why LSU was able to come back and win the national championship last year. Um, I don't think that he's the best linebacker available. Um, trying to go through and figure out. Patrick Queen was one of his teammates, and I think that he would have been a better pick, um, more a little bit more talent than Chason, but... I think Chason is a little bit more versatile. He, uh, they're showing footage of him right now rushing on the line. He's more of a 3-4 fit. Patrick Queen is much more of a 4-3 traditional linebacker. Um, think Ray Lewis, Luke Keekley, Patrick Willis, that type. Um, now we're moving on to pick number 21. I'll try and not miss this one. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock at pick number 21 in the first round. Here we go. Eagles pick number 21. I want to personally thank our fans for your contributions to the NFL Draft Department. If you're able to give, we encourage you to go to NFL.com slash relief and contribute to those most in need. And we thank you again for your support. With the 21st pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Jalen Rager, wide receiver, TCU. Wow. Um, I am not in a place to question Howie Roseman, the GM of the Eagles. If you know about all the different moves that he made the year before that the Eagles went to the Super Bowl and beat the Patriots, you know that he, he always has somebody in mind. He plays everything very close to the vest, so it makes sense why nobody really saw them going with Jalen Rager from TCU. He's not um, the best receiver as on his team, but 
There's still Justin Jefferson on the board. There's still T. Higgins on the board. There's still K.J. Hill and K.J. Hamler on the board. Um, even Denzel Mims. He's not the best receiver in his own conference, not even the second best receiver in his own conference in the Big 12. Denzel Mims from Baylor and C.D. Lamb were the top two in that conference. Uh, he's explosive. He has a good ability to, to do that. And like I said, the Eagles, if you if you thought the Eagles were going to go anywhere other than defense and maybe some depth at the receiver position, I don't know what you were watching last year when they had their towel boy come from the water boy set and try and try out at receiver, and it worked out just as well as it did in the movie. Um, this could also be a special teams guy, so maybe they'll be able to spell some more of their stars on offense so that they don't have as many injuries as they did last year because they were basically the opening to Monty Python last year with the cart riding by the practice field saying, bring out your dead. Um, so Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson know what they're doing, two of the smarter guys when it comes to player personnel. Not a bad pick for the Eagles, um, and that division is still very much wide open. Uh, everybody else is getting better with the um, Redskins, Giants, and the Cowboys. And now the Eagles, I think, also put themselves in that mix. That'll be a very fun division to watch next year. Waiting on number 22 pick, Minnesota. Um, if you listen to Gunnison Sports Talk Radio, you know our producer right before we ended up having to cancel the rest of the school year with that show is a huge Vikings fan and was from... Uh, he was from Minnesota, and, and he loved the Golden Gophers, and he thought that the Vikings had a good chance of getting really good players. So we'll see what they do. Uh, their pick is already in, but the draft is at commercial. So we'll be back here just in a second. Here we go. Vikings' first pick of two in the first round at number 22. With the 22nd pick in the 2020 draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, LSU. Well, here's where you're about to talk find about out. turning yourselves around. Everybody was surprised that the Vikings traded Stephon Diggs to Buffalo. This was the pick that they got in that trade at number 22. And they picked Justin Jefferson, I think, one of the better receivers. Um, and I think now it gives Kirk Cousins, you know, it's not necessarily more weapons because uh, you trade experience for maybe a little bit of the unknown. Uh, I think the difficult thing for a lot of receivers when they are trying to transition from college to the pros is that a lot of the times they see zone coverage in college and they don't really have to worry about running the entire route tree and it takes some time to get comfortable with running all those different routes and then being able to figure out where he's going to be able to be open as often as he can he's got two brothers that played at a high level at lsu justin jefferson i think was the best receiver um, just receiver. I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire was the best weapon that LSU had on their offense for Joe Burrow to throw to, but Justin Jefferson is a very good receiver, big guy. Um, he gives a little bit more. He's not as big as Randy Moss, but he's a little bit more of that kind of guy where he goes deep and he goes and high points the ball, and uh, that'll be where he is. We had another trade. Uh, the Patriots were supposed to have the 23rd pick. Bill Belichick traded with the Chargers 
out of the first round. So the Patriots, again, don't have a pick in the first round. This has been kind of a theme since Belichick took over as the coach. And they get the Chargers' second and third round pick. And the Chargers move back into the first round, and we'll see where they go. Um, their pick is in, but they're explaining the, the change with the trade right now. All right, here we go. Well, actually, they're having some technical difficulties. Not unexpected when this is the first time that the draft has been virtual. Um, not surprising that the Patriots move back either. I think uh, the Patriots, when they've been on this run and been the best team for the better part of two decades, they don't always have the best talent. They just are very smart personnel-wise and um, Bill Belichick knows how to fill holes and he trusts Josh McDaniels enough and I think he trusts his defensive coordinators and defensive coaches enough plus he was a defensive coordinator and a Super Bowl champion defensive coordinator with the Giants so I think that they trust themselves enough to develop and if you talk to anybody else around the league the team that can draft somebody who doesn't have the most amount of talent and then transition them into a guy who can really play uh, it's the Patriots coaching staff so we'll see what happens with the Chargers pick here we go here's the pick for the 23rd selection for the Chargers the Los Angeles Chargers select Kenneth Murray linebacker Oklahoma that's a really good pick for the Chargers um, I said it earlier on in this episode I think that in order to combat a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, you have to build up enough people that you can kind of slow them down so that you can maybe stay on the field with them. Kenneth Murray is the best pure linebacker. I think that Isaiah Simmons, he was listed as a linebacker, so I say Isaiah Simmons is the best linebacker that was in this draft, but he's not necessarily a pure linebacker. This, Kenneth Murray, a lot of people were saying that he reminds them a lot of Ray Lewis, a lot of Luke Keekley. And he's very fast. He's fast enough that he changed that Oklahoma Sooners defense. They wouldn't have been in the situation that they were in at the end of the year, even though they got torched by LSU. I think that whoever was going to get the fourth seed would get torched by LSU. He plays very well, very fast, fills gaps, and he can also chase down receivers, which I think is a big plus from the inside linebacker position. Good pick for the Chargers. Um, I, I think that they've had a pretty good first round overall. Now the Saints are on the clock at number 24, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with them when they've had two pretty disappointing finishes the last two years in the playoffs. New Orleans Saints at number 24. With the 24th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select Cesar Ruiz, center, Michigan. Interesting. I'm never going to complain that an offensive lineman um, goes in the first round, especially when it's a little bit more of a surprise. I'm obviously biased because I used to be a center. I play, that's why this is called center of attention. Um, the Saints have been very good with the last few linemen that they've been drafting. Uh, I know Broncos fans remember how they picked Bowles over Ryan Ramschek, and Ramschek has turned into a consistent pro bowler and borderline all-pro, maybe second-team all-pro. Um, but I, I love this, and, and looking at the story that they have behind Cesar Ruiz, 
um, out of Michigan, had to grow up without a father for most of his life um, when his dad was killed in a car accident. So I think the Saints, even though maybe they're not in as good of a place as they have been the past few years to compete in the playoffs, I think that this just helps them. And um, I love to see this kind of thing with the draft. I'll talk more about it at the end when I wrap up the whole first round. But this is just one of those good stories. I'm I'm really happy that this is happening, Um, especially in a time like this where a lot of people are focused on the negative. They get to see people who have been through a lot and are able to come out on the other side. Um, Vikings on the clock at number 25 with their second pick. This is going to be interesting to see where they go now. I think, can't remember, I think they went receiver with their first pick, and now we'll see what happens here at number 25 once ESPN announces it. San Francisco traded with Minnesota the 25th pick. So instead of the Vikings, it'll now be the 49ers picking at number 25. 49ers pick at 25. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver, Arizona State. All right, Daniel Jeremiah, nicely done. Brandon Ayuk is indeed the selection. So that's the second straight year. Brandon Ayuk, receiver from USC, um, makes sense for the 49ers. They did need a little bit of help at receiver after losing Emmanuel Sanders after last season. Um, They had him from the Broncos on a trade, but they needed to restructure his contract, decided not to do so. And now they pick Brandon Ayuk, who was one of the better receivers in the Pac-12. And he was playing without one of the marquee quarterbacks in that conference. Um, I think that's a good pick. John Elway and Kyle Shanahan are smart about how they draft. Bolstered their defensive line to make sure that their defense didn't take a step back. And now they got a receiver to maybe help out on the outside. We had another trade. Green Bay traded with Miami for number 26. So Miami decided um, to not have the 26th pick. Not sure if they have... Um, what would have been the Packers' other pick or if they traded out of the first round because they feel like they already had a good enough first round. The Packers' pick is in, so we should have who they selected for you shortly. Here we go. Packers' pick at number 26. The Miami Dolphins have traded the 26th pick to the Green Bay Packers. With the 26th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select... Jordan Love, quarterback, Utah State. Okay, this is fascinating because I believe Aaron A little bit surprising, but not necessarily out of the question. Um, If you remember the Packers when they selected their guy now, Aaron Rodgers, they had Brett Favre who hadn't said that he was um, getting ready to hang it up. And they still drafted a quarterbacks to sit underneath him and learn. The Packers are one of those franchises that are never in situations that um, a lot of the other teams find themselves in where their guy leaves and then they don't have a, another guy ready to step up. Of everybody that I've heard talk about Jordan Love, even though he doesn't have the stats and he didn't play in the best conference, he's from Utah State, so they played in the Mountain West. Um, he has probably the most raw talent and the most 
progress to be made of any of the quarterbacks that could have been taken in this draft. A lot like Aaron Rodgers. When Aaron Rodgers came out of college, nobody thought that he was going to be as good as he's proven to be. Um, maybe this reignites a fire in him. I kind of thought that Rodgers was laying off a little bit at the end of last year and not playing as hard as he probably could have. Um, but now with having somebody behind him, maybe it pushes him a little bit more. I mean, the Pac when they did this earlier, the Packers were able to get a really long playoff run out of it as well. So I think that's what they're trying to do. I think it's a good pick for Green Bay. They might have just stolen the first round. We're about to get to the Seahawks pick, but these special messages have been really cool so far, so I wanted to get this one too. Right now, this kitchen is pumping out 3,500 meals for our community every day. And we are gearing up to do more by the day. Just like our Seahawks, we're about putting in the work and taking action. We are working hard to protect our community and the ones that are most vulnerable. Now, let's welcome a new face to our home. Go Hawks! Thank you to everyone working so hard in Seattle and all over the country to take care of our most vulnerable. It's great to see our teams and stadiums helping those who need it the most in our communities. So with the 27th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Jordan Brooks, linebacker, Texas Tech. Well, this is interesting because I had one coach tell me really interesting. If you know anything about Big 12 football, uh, defense isn't stressed like it is in some of the other conferences. LSU, the SEC, Big 10, um, all play really tough defense. Big 12 not known for that. And they already have a really, they have the best linebacker in the league in Bobby Wagner. Um, maybe they're trying to make sure that they always have a foundational piece at linebacker and they think Bobby can teach Jordan Brooks something. Jordan Brooks can also rush the passer as well from the line, so uh, that'll be something. And and maybe they see him as being able to replace the whole left wedge Davion Clowney until Bobby Wagner decides that he's not ready to play anymore, and then they already have a piece there, so... It's an interesting pick. Wasn't expecting it, and I never really paid attention that much to Derek Brooks because I didn't see Texas Tech games all that often. They weren't one of the marquee teams last season. But he looks like a pretty sure tackler, um, knows how to make sure that he gets himself between the ball carrier and where he needs to go. But uh, it's an interesting pick. The Seahawks, their defense needed to reload a little bit. Uh, I thought they'd go defensive back, but really not a defensive back worthy of being taken right now. So probably a case of best player on the defensive side of the ball, which is where they wanted to focus. The Ravens are about to pick. Um, they're doing another one of these special messages. Calais Campbell is uh, thanking a lot of the essential personnel that have been having to keep working uh, throughout this virus and putting themselves at risk. Risk, excuse me. Um, but we're about to get to their pick. Uh, Clay's Campbell, I forgot, went to the Baltimore Ravens, so that helps out their defense a lot. Hopefully they can get their offense together in the playoffs. On and off the field. 
The Walter Payton Man of the Year Award is our highest honor. And you, Calais, are truly a role model to all of us. And congratulations on being a Raven. With the 28th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select Patrick Queen, linebacker, LSU. Well, I guess it's not a surprise that we're seeing a draft dominated by Alabama. Good pick for the Ravens, giving them another defensive player. Um, Patrick Queen was said to be the best linebacker in the draft this year, and he proved it at LSU. Um, he, he did a lot for that defense, and he was. He, he dominated Clemson and had their offensive line scrambling for answers. So that'll be good for them. I think John Harbaugh is one of those coaches that can take anybody and try and mold them into their image. The Ravens, for as bad as they probably should be, having lost Flacco, who is a Super Bowl MVP, they've been consistent and still staying up around the top of the league. And last year, their offense really showed out in the regular season. They just got to be able to finish, and they've added some good veteran presence to help, and I think this will be one of their future stars as well in Patrick Queen. Tennessee Titans, number 29 overall. They're going beef. So that's the second offensive lineman from Georgia off the board. You saw Andrew Thomas. Didn't hear a lot about him just because Andrew Thomas was such a highly touted prospect. Um, but I've said it. I said it with uh, Andrew Thomas when when he was selected. Georgia knows how to produce offensive linemen. Um, and with the Titans, the way that they're set up, they're set up to bruise people. And six six and a half, three hundred fifty pounds, giving an extra offensive lineman to what I think was the best offensive line in football last year on the Tennessee Titans, having a, one of the better running backs in the league in Derrick Henry. I think that's all going to be good. Uh, I don't see any problems with this one. Good pick for the Titans. And we'll see maybe if they can make another deep playoff run. Nobody expected it last year, um, but I think now everybody understands how much Derrick Henry can o take over a game, especially later in the season and into the playoffs. Miami, with the 30th pick, takes Noah Igbignoganani, the cornerback from Auburn. Um, I thought that they would go offense all three picks in the first round, but this was a, a good place to take a cornerback and maybe fill up some holes on the defensive side. Um, don't have to worry about figuring out how to beat Tom Brady, but they are going to need some defensive help if they're going to make this run. Um, Minnesota now on the clock at 31. We'll see what they do. Um, and then Kansas City will round out the first round, and then that will bring us to the part where I try and wrap up everything, and, and then we'll figure out what's going to happen moving forward with the podcast. Um, but we'll get to that later. Right now, waiting for Minnesota to put in their next pick. Here's the Vikings at 31. The Minnesota Vikings select Jeff Gladney, defensive back, TCU. All right, Lewis, tell a little bit us about Jeff Gladney, the quarterback out of TCU. I think this is a case of best player left available. Um, 
at 31, you, you kind of take a guy that you can see maybe starting for you, but don't need in a major role. Um, I think they're going to bring him in, be a little bit more of a slot corner. Doesn't have the outright size and athleticism, I think, to be a, a number one or two corner right now, but I think he can develop into one. Um, and that Vikings defense has been pretty good the last few years. So I think that's good for them. Coming up, last pick of the first round, Kansas City at number 32. All right, here we go. Last pick of the first round. In the Kansas City NFL Chiefs. Draft. The Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, select Clyde Edwards Hilaire, running back LSU. Sometimes you just have a hunch. Clyde Edwards Hilaire was a fascinating. That is a great pick. That, with the as bad as everybody else in the AFC West picks were, this exemplifies that to a whole nother degree. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, a lot of people weren't mentioning him as the top running back in this class. I didn't understand that. I thought he was the top running back in this class. I thought people would be turned off by his size. I was kind of right, but if there's anybody who knows how to use such a versatile playmaker and a guy who really just handled everything that he needed to, he, he definitely is in the right place with the right coach and everything going forward. Great pick by the Chiefs. Um, he's one of my favorite players from last season's college football season. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does after he led, helped lead LSU to a national championship. Um, we'll see what happens. I was hoping he'd fall to the second round and maybe the Bengals could help pick him up and reunite him with Burrow. Didn't work out that way. But that is the end of the first round. Overall, there were some surprises. Some of the teams stuck with position. Uh, positional needs and didn't care about the best player available. Some teams, I think, picked the wrong person at each position, like not the, the top player at the position, but maybe that's because in their time having talked to these guys before this process started, they found something that they really enjoyed. Um, it's a good first round overall. They were nervous for a second as to whether or not there'd be any trades. It, wouldn't, it would have been the first or second time that there had never been a trade since this modern draft started in the first round and ended up being some moves. Some teams, I think, really helped their position. Some teams, I think, stayed the same, and some teams, I think, got worse. Um, the Broncos being one of those teams that I think got worse. I got the guy that I wanted for my team. That's That's what I wanted. I wanted... Joe Burrow, after seeing his leadership, I think that he has the right type of personality to take a team that's been as bad as the Bengals have been over the past few years and maybe turn around their fortunes. Um, he's going to need a lot more help around him, but I think Zach Taylor, being that he was a quarterback coach before he became the head coach of the Bengals, he knows what he wants in his scheme. I think that he needs to bring in somebody who's going to help work his scheme around the players that he has, but there's really um, not a another person that I think could they could have drafted that would have been able to help the side of the ball that they need the most help on. I don't want the Bengals to have a first pick for a long time. I'm not saying that Burrow's going to be the person to change it around right now and the Bengals will be contenders right away, but I think that... Um, of the teams in their division, 
which is the AFC North. The Browns had a pretty decent pick, I think, picking up some offensive line that needed on an offensive line that needed help. The Ravens had a really good pick. They got their guy that they wanted. Um, that was good for them. It's going to be a tough division moving forward, and maybe the Bengals still pick in the top ten again in next year's draft. But I think that it'll be a lot different of a situation when we get to that point, hopefully, um, with Burrow and, and whoever else they pick up in this year's draft. I think that'll be uh, a good um, a gauge so far. I think overall the virtual format maybe uh, unknowingly gave me some pause about what's going to happen and um, who who all was going to be able to navigate this and, and make sure that it didn't hamper anything that they were doing. I think the NFL as a whole did a good job with that. They were still able to get the reactions of players, which a lot of people watched this event to see the reactions of somebody um, when their dreams come true. And I think you still were able to get that. And um, kudos to ESPN and NFL Network. I know that uh, they're, they're normally rivals and they compete with each other for ratings and stuff like that. Um, but with this whole pandemic and the fact that they were able to put their personal feelings aside as stations and, and networks and know that this is something that the country needed. I, I know a lot of people don't see the value of sports and the value of having something that a good amount of people come together and watch all at the same time. I know a lot of people don't see the value in that, but I think seeing how two of the major networks, major sports networks in television handled this and um, how everything had moved and everything went pretty smoothly. Nobody was really fighting with each other. ESPN and NFL Network, thank you for being able to put on this broadcast. Um, and it was a it was a good good event so far. Um, this is the only round that I'll be releasing this um, my reactions to each of the picks. Um, but we will have another sports episode coming out Monday. Hopefully, you guys tune into that one as well. And we can get a lot more um, analysis and reaction and breakdown once we see what all of the teams have done. And um, right now, I think Rev uh, Rev Coca, he's been on the show before. We talked a lot about the UFC, but he's, he's a sports fanatic just like I am. And I know that he's been struggling just as much as everybody else has, all the other sports fans like us who that's our, that's our escape from real life. And that's our escape from everything else that bothers us in the world and that's what he and I want to do is go into sports he started an internship writing sports articles for um, a website and that's great for him really happy about him uh, I think we decided that we're gonna do a, a podcast on Sunday and talk about everything that's happened so far since he's been on the last time which is a lot um, so you want to be sure to check that out as well um, Hopefully you guys enjoy these episodes that keep coming out. Hopefully you find them as enjoyable to listen to as I find them enjoyable to make. The These are one of my – I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't a passion of mine, and, and I know a lot of you know that, but I just wanted to re-say it again. And um, I know that it's been a crazy few months, and I know that it's been tough for everybody, but – 
it's been great to see how everybody's been able to come together and even though it's not ideal and nobody really enjoys it, we have been able to maybe start being able to come out on the other side. Stuff is starting to open up this week. Uh, hopefully people are still smart about everything and we won't have to deal with something on a, of this magnitude again. But it's been a fun ride so far and it's going to continue to be a fun ride. So thank you guys for allowing me, the Italian Stallion, Jimmy Pilato from the WAP Cave, to be your center of attention. And we'll see you guys on Monday for Center of Attention Sports. Yeah.